Hello, Janet Gallen, welcoming you to Love Letters Live. And today's guest, as you can see, is sipping tea out of her love cup, is Rosalind Kind, who is named so aptly. Rosalind, you are one of the kindest, dearest women on earth. Oh, why, don't say, why don't you say hello first? Hi, everybody. This is <laughs> Rosalind Kind, and I'm visiting with Janet Galen today on Love Letters. Yes, isn't this wonderful? And you know, I have been, I've been struck by the reality that, I mean, we, we had in person long ago, a couple of lunches together where a friendship started, but it's amazing and delightful to me how good a friendship can become online, on Zoom, on FaceTime, because it's what we have. And it, it's like when we used to have pen pals. Pen pals, I was just gonna say to you, cause last night, Julie and Julia was on again. Oh. Remember when she was writing to that other woman, the pen pals and the, she and the French lady come yeah. back to America to meet with her. She says, you mean you've never met her? No, we've been pen pals. But, but it's amazing how much you can share in exactly. letters and sometimes even more because you're not looking at the other person and seeing any judgmental. Did you right. have pen pals growing up when you were a little? No, no. I, I did. did. I, was really much more, I was very much more of a, uh, an, an introvert when I was young and I was um, more of a loner. I had friends that I could count on my hands and yeah, I'd like the kids at school or whatever, but I was never extroverted. I was never had to be in the life of the party or anything. But you still don't need to be the life of the party. No, I, I don't. That was the first thing I noticed about you because it was at a huge award ceremony that we sat next to each other and people were, you know, marching and posturing and you didn't, you, you had no need to put yourself in the center of the universe. How well, I think that when I'm, I've always been like when I'm on stage and I'm performing and, and I wanna share my message of love and light. We're gonna get to all then that. I, then I'll take center stage. But yeah. I really don't, I don't need to do that in the, in the rest I of my life. I mean, I used, to, I used to run into people in my building and there was a hairdressing uh, shop down below when I lived in New Jersey. And I used to go down there to do my laundry with a shmata on my head. And he would say, oh my God. <laughs> I, said, I said, what's the matter? I do my own wash. I do oh, own you know what? It's part of the heavenly part about you is that you are such a real human being with no pretensions, but let's get to what you don't have to be pretentious about because it's so real, <laughs> which is your talent. Can we start back far in your family? If you don't mind, because I've well, as far as I can go, as far as I can remember, well, some okay. of the things I don't remember daily, but if you bring them out, I'm going to bring them out. So, but I, because I read that your grandfather was a cantor in Russia. Ah, uh -huh. yes, so did you, did, did you know him? No, my I was a baby when my grandpa died. Oh. I knew my grandma more. She was still here, but I have pictures of my grandfather holding me. Oh, as a okay. baby. The reason I'm I, was a, I was a late in life child. Is that my right? father was 57 when I was born. My mother was 41. Wow, that was a lot then. Yeah, so I'm like a late in life. My, you know, when my mom passed, she was 93. Wow. And I used to, you know, in my shows, I used to talk about getting everybody to sing. I used to get them to sing Hallelujah, the Jewish Hallelujah. And um, I said, because singing keeps gives you life. It makes you yeah. live longer. Yeah. It brings happiness and health. And um, they couldn't believe that my mother was, when I said my mother was 93, they looked at me, how could, how old are you really? And I said, it's none of your business. That's right. <laughs> none of their business. But my mother, my mother used to, and she told me to do this, my mother always used to add two or three years to her age when people would ask how old she was. Uh -huh. 
And she would say to me, you know, add a couple of years, it'll make you look even you better. Look better. Right. Uh, right. I mean, I can't do that, but um, but the, the reason I'm asking, well, so you said you were a late in life child. How many siblings do you have? Two. Oh, you do? Oh, you have a brother. I have two. I, yeah, my sister and my brother. Okay. You have to realize my, my parents, we, my uh, siblings, Shelly and Barbara, are from the same mother. And, those, and we grew up together. Yes. Uh, well, they were more grown up than I was when right, I came right. into it. And then my father was previously married and he had uh, some children and uh, I, I'd never met them for a long time. And then I finally got friendly with his eldest who was older than my older brother, Shelley, who was the oldest, he's like the patriarch of the family. And, um, and he recently passed away. But I, I, once I met him, I remember singing in Chicago because they lived on the outskirts of Chicago and I spent the high holy days with them and they came to see me perform. Oh, nice. In the seventies when I first got to know him. So we kept kind of a relationship. He was a kind, but I was, I, I was grown up with uh, my sister, Barbara and my yeah. brother, Shelley. Okay. So the reason I was asking about, yeah. did you ever know your grandfather, the cantor? Doesn't mm -hmm. matter whether you knew him or not, because I'm always interested in what gets passed down genetically. Mm -hmm. And you have such a strong spiritual core yes. that I just, I don't know. I mean, I, you think that came some, I've known a, a couple of cantors who were yeah. so clearly the spiritual leaders of the congregation. You knew they were talking to God. Yeah. Well, I, I, and, I, and I get drawn closely to even my, my previous rabbi who now moved to Louisiana. <laughs> and I used to have great conversations with him even about psychic phenomena. Yes. You know, oh, psychic phenomena, we could get he, to that. And he converted the man I was gonna marry and it was not such a hard thing because he was so Jewish. He was among so many Jews in the industry that he already felt Jewish, although he was a Jack Mormon. Ah. So, um, but yeah, my rabbi converted him. And uh, I, I, I love my rabbi because he was today. You can live in the past and bring that, that history with you, but you must come into today's living. Yes, yes. Things have changed. Yes. Things have advanced and you have to recognize those. Yes, I have some, I have, I'm lucky enough to have some very Orthodox friends, Orthodox Jewish friends uh -huh. who live every part of their life by what was written a gajillion years ago. Right. And they are totally modern people uh -huh. in, in their, um, not, you know, in, in their attitudes and in what they accept. So, mm -hmm. Let me, when did you first realize you could sing? I'm always interested in that because when does a person such as yourself first open her mouth and that can come out? I mean, I open my mouth and that can't come out. <laughs> when I was a little girl, I used to sing, uh, well, remember Howdy Doody and uh, yes. uh, it's Baby Crockett? Yes. I used yeah. to sing, you know, Born on a Mountaintop in Tennessee when I was a kid. I used to sing, and the, and the songs in my early years in Hebrew school and everything, like, zoom golly golly golly, zoom golly golly, zoom golly golly, those were the first things I learned, and then when I, when I was growing up into my teen years, it was like Motown and the English Invasion, oh, that was yeah. really my time, and I, I got the appreciation for the more um, American singers because my sister, who was older than I, uh, brought those into the house. So I had an early appreciation for Johnny Mathis and Leon oh. Horn, 
you know, um, and that opened me up to that area of, of the singing, aside from my childhood and my own teenage years where I always carried the transistor radio, you know, and you listen to New York, Dandy Dan Daniels, the top 100. At four we didn't get that. that was in New York. <laughs> yeah. We didn't get that. Yes. But we had ours. Yeah. So, yeah. but, so you knew, but also you knew because you had an older sister who could sing. It wasn't right. a, such a far cry. And your mother, our mother sang. That's where my, my grandfather's daughter, um, she was one of three children, my mother, four children, four. Um, she sang and she used to sing around the house. So I don't know how we all, you know. So it was, like, it was natural. Yeah, it just kind of happened, you know. So what was your very first professional performance? Professional performance, tryout performance. Hey, never mind, then just performance, even on your dining room table. I don't. Oh my God, in school. I mean, I remember singing where they would give me a solo or I sang, you know, and oh, I was okay. very shy as a kid. It was very hard. When I was 14 and I was overweight at the time, and I went through a childhood where kids made fun of me, calling me fat, so and all this. Uh, I went so, through that. So, okay. you know, I understand what people go through. Right. Um, and it was very hard. It was very hard. But I, there was a time when I got very friendly with an aunt who was related through marriage. She wasn't bloodline. And she took me under her wing and she was in her seventies when I was 14 and took me to a diet doctor. And I, that was helpful. Huh? I lost weight. It was not the way to do it for a kid, but it was great for me. And then I got off of that and I kept still fighting weight for years. But the point was, is that I never didn't want to come out of the bathroom to originally meet her because I was so shy. Oh. And when they would say to me about singing later on, oh, she'll never go into the business. She's too shy. She'll never go. Wait, who said that? My aunt. That well, she me that. Me. She rested yeah. me. But so what happens then when you're on stage and you're not shy? Because then, then you're in a different um, universe somehow. Well, you know what brought me out of my shyness actually during a period also when I wasn't, when it got slow and I wasn't working enough and I took a job at a, a movie studio and I was dealing with people. I was a purchasing agent and a secretary and I had to deal one-on-one -on -one with people because on stage, you know, it's very different. Right. And um, that brought me out of myself. And I sang for their Christmas party and my boss right. fired me because he said, get the heck out of here. You don't belong here. Go sing. Good. Okay. <laughs> is what he said to me. So were you played with stage fright? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, you know, I was always nervous. I was always nervous. And I still to this day yawn before I go on stage with somebody yeah, said, well, that's fine. nerves coming out, right? Because I've always well, had a thought about stage fright. Um, um, having yeah, done very little... You know, I think it's an acknowledgement of the enormous responsibility Ability, you have yeah. towards those people sitting out there once you get up on that stage. You don't stage. want to fail. You don't you, want to fail. And you, you, know, owe and, them. you owe them. And what the difference is, is I couldn't control my adrenaline in the beginning. Now I control it. And now I go on say, repeating affirmations that I can touch people's hearts and bring them to open their hearts and come together. And that, dear God, whoever needs to hear your message of love and light, please let my the message go to those people in particular. That that was that was the first thing I learned about you when you had when we had lunch at Marmalade, and I was yeah. so touched by what you want to do with your music. And it's not anything you're trying to do to augment yourself. No, I came to this this finding in the 80s when my my career was going up and down and side to side. And, you know, I, I started out with a big bang because I was 
related to my sister. I was even offered uh, to do the Olympia in Paris. And wow. I was like, I can't do this. First of all, I think they, they want to bring in Barbara Streisand's sister, not Rosalind Klein. No. And I, I could no. not take something I didn't feel that I wasn't ready for. I was not going to exploit that. I had to be ready. It had to be on my own merit. Of course. You know, so, I turned, so many of them. Yeah. Right. You know, um, I mean, I did do my, I had my debut on the Ed Sullivan show, granted. And it was after I just finished my first album, and I, which I started recording my graduation day in high school. Wait, hold, hold your horses. <laughs> what, what year was that? And can we find it on YouTube? Um, I think you can find the old Ed Sullivan's. I have some of them. I have a few of them on tape. I have to have them transferred. Oh, that must be so the, the date of the Ed Sullivan. I'll tell you, it was I, I graduated. Um, when did I graduate? 1968. Mm -hmm. um, in June, and that day, whatever that date was, nine to whatever, I was in graduation. Twelve noon, I was at RCA Studio B, starting my first album. That's great. And I debuted the album uh, February 9th, 1969, on the Ed Sullivan Show during the major major snowstorm. Wow. So people were stuck at home. People were also stuck in the subway. And I had a walk to the Ed Sullivan Theater. Thank God my mother and I had moved to 57th Street between 8th and 9th. So I only had a walk to 52nd <laughs> and, uh, and Broadway. Um, I had a walk in the snow. There were no cabs, no nothing. And uh, it, was qu it was quite an experience, you know, and looking in the camera for the first time when I didn't know quite where to look. Do I look at the light? Do I look in, in the lens? Where do I look? I, I was somewhat nervous. <laughs> I can imagine. So. But, but you also understand your responsibility. Yes. When you, how, how did you, how did you realize, and I know a little tiny bit about, you know, music as therapy and what it can do. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we all know for ourselves when we hear a certain piece of music, what it can do to us. Right. I, I had a friend of mine who's a pianist was over and he sat down at the piano and he just started to play a little Schubert bit. I burst yeah. into tears oh. and he said, well, don't cry. I said, there's nothing I can do. <sighs> it is the most powerful, most yeah. powerful. It reaches worldwide, globally. It goes past language barriers. Music is unbelievable healing. So what's, unbelievable. The, what's the first really healing thing you did with music, if you can remember it? with my music, I, I was like, I just, I kind of, it was in 1984 that I had my metamorphosis because my own search for my own reason for being here. Like I was saying, I was up, down, sideways. I had a marriage that failed. I didn't think it would because I didn't get married till I was 32. My husband was younger. He didn't look younger, but he was younger. And um, I tried my best to make it work, but sometimes you just probably should have stayed friends, you know? Sure. Sure. Um, and uh, with all of that around me and still trying to get ahead, I had questions. I was on the road. I started reading a lot. I had friends who were into the new millennium and psychic phenomena and the reasons for being. And I started reading all of these books on, you know, and really starting to ask, and why am I here? God, give me a reason. Why in, am I here? In the 80s? 80, 1984. Uh, oh, that exact. Okay. And what was the answer you got while you're here? Well, I was also regressed and I really got my answer okay. uh, during my regression after all of that searching. And I, I went back to a lifetime 
I believe it was Lemuria, which was the West Coast Atlantis. I was a boy. I had a turban. I had white pantaloons, sandals. I lived in a stone hut. And I was in a duel over a woman. There were two of us that loved her. And I, wait, I have to tell you, when she sent me back, that was the only life I came to. I didn't see my birth canal. I didn't see anything. I just went to this one lifetime. And I remember saying, oh my God, I'm a boy, I'm a man. I and it, was, it wasn't scary or anything. No, I was, you know, I was like just feeling it out. And I was like, what's going on here? And um, we are fighting and she accidentally got injured. She was killed. Wait, who was killed? The love, the love interest. Oh, the girl that you both, she accidentally like, oh, got, okay, got, yes, okay. Yeah. The two of us survived, she got killed. And so I have been spending all of my lifetimes looking for that one love. That's what oh, that came from. Now, in my word associations after that, still under, came world, harmony, peace, love, global, and you know, it was just, and the realization, I am here to bring together. I am a healer. She said, my God, you're a healer. I could see, that. and also you said it, I mean, when you said, you know, you'd go on stage and I forget how you put it, you can correct me and do it better, yeah. but it was, you know, for those of you who need light and healing. Love and light. You love, must and light. love and light. Here I am. I mean, how, no, how do you let them know? It's not me, it's God. It's the universe. That's no, no, I understand that, me. but as, yeah. as the vehicle, as the- The vessel. The vessel, the conduit, yes. The vessel. Okay, so so how do you say when you go on stage, when you do say that? It's so nice. Well, I, 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 I start blessing everybody, everything, blessing the night and blessing that God lets everything go right. And if there's anybody, you know, blessing my family. And if there's anybody in that audience, please, dear God, who needs your message of love and light, please let it reach them. You know, that's like that's like a part in, in, in uh, services, synagogue services. Well, I get very touched in services. I cry, especially at the high holy days. Oh my God, I feel such a connection. But you know, I was also raised, I had to go to yeshiva. My father was very much into the religion. I had to know my roots. And even when I left yeshiva and had to go to public school, I still went to religious release time and I went to Hebrew school at my temple. I was very much, and I, I mean, I love, I love the minor chords in Jewish music. Everybody's saying to me, you got to make a Jewish album. <laughs> oh, well, then I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Because, because it did occur to me because now I'm guessing I should never, I should never assume anything, but um, that you may have a little extra time now in your okay. <laughs> world because of the pandemic has shut off what certain performance right. venues. Right. Do you, do you I think have been that my, I've been working on my new collection of music which one I put out, Save the Country, in, the, in 2018, just before we went into 2019. And I followed it with my song, Light of Love, which are both on YouTube. They're both oh, up I've, there. I've, yes, I've and, heard that. And yeah. it's, you know, and Light of Love is one I wrote along with Michael Orland and Judy Quay. It was from my experience in 1987, climbing Bell Rock during the Harmonic Convergence. Wow. That was one of the messages I received that I, I needed to be part of that experience. I had to experience that. And, um, and that experience is why I wrote Light of Love. And we wrote that in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. 
but and I've done it in shows, but this is the first time I did a full recording of it. So when will that be That's available? To you? I mean, how is that? How's it going? The uh, well, it's out there. I you know I keep trying to push it. If anybody you know needs to be pushed, um, okay. it's out there. It's on the internet. It's on YouTube. The video that goes with it's on YouTube. It's okay. out there across the boards digitally because I'm working towards a hardcover. I'm putting just singles out now. Well, the reason I'm asking is because nobody's really doing much vinyl anymore. I mean, you're not getting an, an LP. Although some LP. people are bringing vinyl back. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. But yeah. you know, my, my, my daughter um, is a singer and has a band and they just came out with their third and they did a, a vinyl, you know, mm -hmm. a great big, but kind of on request. It's not what people really, so people can download your song. Yes, they can okay, download that's it. That's what I'm asking. Yes, they can play it. They can hear it on Spotify. I have a page. Okay. Yes. And I'm and on with another my next song, which is also about the world. I got putting off, I have some songs from my show that are one in one love, but I felt that these were the most necessitated at this time. In space. At this time, I know. This yeah. is such a weird time. I, I read something, I know. And two things. One is, I mean, I listen to the language that people are using today. And I must say, I mean, mine isn't always so great either, but <laughs> mother, when she used to drop a little F-bomb, she would say, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, excuse me. You know? You no, know, it's funny because sometimes that's how I show my anger and my brother reprimands me. Roslyn! <laughs> yeah, well, because it's a way it's of just... Like, you know, because that's not me. It's like, even my friends, like I was speaking to David earlier, oh my God, I love hearing you like this because we're feeling so much more positive this last few days, right. you know, about things because uh, the world must come together. Yes. I mean, we must come together. We must learn to love each other, accept yep. each other and work together. Yes. So, I mean, I, yes. if that would happen, if hatred was eliminated and we could work together, we could have heaven right here on earth. We don't have to wait till we pass on. I know. I know. And I would love that to happen. But, you know, it's like it's a hard thing to do. But I keep asking God to send in the angels of light. Well, keep asking, yeah, you know, yeah. but so so what occurred to me some time ago is I was listening to my own daughters use language that I publicly that I and I want to say, you know, I'm going to wash. I think it's time for me to wash your mouth out with hope. With hope. That's the good. <laughs> That's my new thing. Go wash your yeah. mouth out with hope. Things can be better. So I yes. was reading, you know, sometimes you look for just the right phrase to explain how you're feeling. And it's such a machai. It's such a relief oh. when you do, right? Oh, yes. When you find that. So I, I'm reading something by Bill Bryson, who I think he's the funniest, one of the funniest people alive. And he was talking about, he was talking about um, how people in different countries do things differently and certain things that they just don't get the same way we do. And one of them, I think, was the English standing in line. And they were standing in line, like for a bus. And the minute the bus door opens, they just all run, like, what's the purpose of standing up? And he referred to this as, he said, it was like a fire drill in a lunatic asylum. Oh, God. I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop. And it was like the perfect description of what we've been going through now. Yeah, really. You know, but you're right. I mean, I think that if we it's could look at like, what was that? What was that? The, the um, my, that dish my mother made that was so wonderful for some reason. Simis. Oh, yes. It's become like a wild Simis. Everybody, <laughs> although Simis tastes good. Really? Right. <laughs> but you know, it's that, it's when that. People do it. It's not so. Wonderful, unless it's coming together in right. a mixture of harmony and hope and faith right. and love. 
that's right. And I think, I think, what do you think? I mean, beyond it's, it's one thing to say, if we could all love each other, I think it takes a little doing. It's not going to be easy. It's not easy. If people have different takes on life, look how everybody looks differently at the, uh, the election. I mean, right. how do we bring this together? And I, I, you know, I'm praying. I know we said we would stay off of politics, but I'm praying. It's hard, that, isn't it? <laughs> that Joe will be the one that's it because that's his message. It's not division. His speech was it, wonderful. But oh my God, saying, brilliant. it doesn't take such a, I don't know if you've had this experience, you know, living in San Francisco and, you know, I walk maybe a little more than people in LA do. And because, you know, I grew up there, so I'm familiar well, with- I used to walk a lot in New York. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> and I, you know, I would be walking past some, or coming to some elderly person, right? Um, elderly, probably younger than I am, but that's not the point. And with, you know, just this look and scary, just a scary look. And I have bothered to smile and say hello Mm -hmm. and seeing it just drip away. Yeah. You know, you have to take a minute to see what you can find. I had an experience once. Oh, I had, I had gone to a dance rehearsal in a uh -huh. neighborhood that wasn't so great. And I had gotten my car and I pulled out and I just about creamed somebody, the car coming up next. Uh -huh. He looked at me with such hatred and he looked, he looked like he could have had a machine gun in the car. Oh, God. And... I, I was horrified, uh, my fault. And I, and I zoomed up and I caught him at the stoplight and I said, roll down your window. And he did. And I said, I just want to apologize. I said, I am so sorry. That was awful what I did. I know I terrified, I am so mm -hmm. sorry. He smiled, turned into Cary Grant. Uh -huh. And he said, oh, that's okay. It, it's, well, it wasn't. You know what it, it, it's it's, instead of coming at somebody accusatory. Yeah. And to well, be able to apologize or be you know nice about it. Right. Makes a change in the whole demeanor of the presentation. Apologies are a huge, elegant right. part of life. Yeah. Do you do you okay? So I want to ask you because I am kind of largely yeah. out love letter. Do you write letters to people anymore? Not so much. You know yeah, what? I, and yet, I remember. I'm much more better with the spoken word. Sure. You know, one at one in people's eyes. That's my forte. Sure. Um, that's where I have the most um, connection. Right. On the handwriting, but, but you know what it is? It's not even handwriting anymore. It's being able to text and I hate Okay, texting. so that's what I'm talking about. You know, people say all the yeah. time, oh, I wish I had a magic wand. Hello, you do. <laughs> you got one. As good okay. as the one that Glinda, the good witch, carried around, because you can change people's lives. You can make such a difference. But when you write music. Right. But well, we write the lyrics for the song, Light of right. Love. So do you yeah. ever write them out by hand? Uh, we write them as we go along. It was like Judy and I worked on it. It's the first song I ever wrote. I haven't written another one since, but I have such belief in that song and the come out how it can bring people together and to look at life and um we just you know we kind of we actually met several times during we, at someone's house or with the piano we would order chinese food and, <laughs> and we would get the the fortune cookies and one time we ordered fortune cookies and every one of them with the same fortune so we got oh, wow. to a chinese restaurant and said you got to give us more fortune cookies these all have the same <laughs> fortunes in it and they brought them back 
but um, with a delight we wrote it, you know, with, with love in our hearts. And, and Judy yeah. and I did the, the lyrics and Michael did the, Michael Orland did the music. And we you just- know, there, there is something about, about handwriting mm -hmm. that is, I, I just think totally delicious. Uh -huh. Yes. And, and I, I take my time. I, when I want to put things down in writing, it, it doesn't come easy to me because I want it to be so perfectly stated that I don't make it easy on myself. Oh, uh, but you I, I, over, anything I even post, I kind of want it to be so sure. say the right thing in the right way, you know, even if it's my anger, but, but basically in the right way. Oh, especially yeah. if it's your anger. Yeah, because what was I think it was what Ruth Bader Ginsburg who said, you know, object and I, I forget what it is, but do it rebel, but do it in a way that will make others want to join you. Exactly, exactly, and that's what I feel I do one on one, you know, which comes out of my mouth like this. But when I write it down, I have to make sure it's it's well. That's, I, that's fair it, enough, it, you know. Even even like a good a good letter. Yeah. Is, is not just a matter of passion, it's passion and planning. Yeah. My mother okay. used to write great letters. She used to write us all letters. Oh, okay, that counts. So you have them in your life. Do you still have them? I think I, my sister got some. I, I, have, I have, I actually have the Bible my mother gave me when I left New York to move here. You know, she still signed it mother, not mom, but mother. <laughs> oh, okay, so you have handwriting. Oh in your yeah, my mother used to write that all the time. Okay, what about recipes? Uh, no, I just read the book. Oh, right. My mother used to say to people who would say, you know, I can't cook. She would say, if you can read, you can cook. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and now like I have that. some from a nutritionist, Sally Kravitz, who uh, I have all her great soup recipes for uh, anti-inflammatory during this time, you know, to uh, cleanse the system and stay healthy. Are you big on making soups? I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better. My mother used to make, oh my God, my mother Mine used too. to make fresh soup, but she never had recipes. She never wrote them down. I know. And there was always chunking the rhyme. You needed a fork yeah. to eat these things with. I mean, she made great sweet and sour cabbage and her I vegetable know. soups with the barley and everything. And she made, oh my, simis. And she's, she's one of the first people who was in, into health food, my mother. She stopped using sugar and a lot of the stuff that we weren't supposed to have. So, so what year was your mother born? 1908. Okay, so mine was 1916. So it was the same plan, uh, yeah. in other words. Yeah, same plan. But, but, you know, we didn't have a lot of sugar in the house. We yeah. never had desserts. Everything was in decent portions. Uh -huh. Well, we had sugar, but I'm saying as she got sure. older and got into this, she was uh -huh. working and she was... She read on it and she, she was the first person I knew that spoke about health food. My mother did too. She used to have a little, a little dish of raw vegetables in the middle of the table. And she would say, you have to eat that. That's your health. Long before anybody was using that phrase, but sugar, we didn't have, a, we liked it. I uh, love, I still love it. Yeah. Well, I love, and I've gotten, thank God I've gotten into dark chocolate instead of white chocolate. Oh, I can't so eat dark good. chocolate. I need to have really? it loaded. Sugar oh and God. animal fat. I needed to have cream and sugar. Oh, and I, 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 used, I used to love white chocolate, but it's so sweet. I don't even know how I liked it. So well, good for you. That's better for you. you know, I, I really love a nice, dark, rich chocolate. Oh, you're lucky. Like sugar. And I actually like desserts that aren't that sugary, but maybe rich. Okay. You know, like a, a whipped cream with, vet, with uh, strawberry, like Lady Jane's, Sweet Lady Jane's. 
a berry cake with the whipped cream with the berries in it. Well, I have a tip for things with whipped cream. Yeah. I discovered long ago that um, I, would, I would take just a couple of tablespoons of heavy cream mm -hmm. for three. And people would say, oh, that's so fattening. And I would say, well, it's less fattening than having it on top of the ice cream. <laughs> you mean whipped with the sugar and the vanilla? And when it's whipped, it's, mostly, it's too much air. Yeah. You know? So well, I, you know what? I'm, now that you're talking about it, I actually did write recipes, but I don't know where they are. And where, when I find them, I think they're in storage. Uh, I'm probably sure the pages are going to fall apart because I was a partner in a bakery and we wow. did catering. So where? Had, um, in Los Angeles. And we had a bakery called the Butterfly Bakery in, West, in Westwood. Uh -huh. And I learned it was from my manager and his wife. We got into a secondary business because she was a great cook. They were Armenian and I learned a lot of Armenian dishes. And matter of fact, one of the times when I played Las Vegas, I did a cooking show <laughs> and I, I made eggplant duzma on the cooking show. <laughs> Asking me how to make it today. I don't have the, my recipe in front of me. Oh, well, if you ever find but, it, you oh. So but yeah, rice pilaf and all that, uh, chikufta and oh my, yeah, there's some good uh, dishes that I learned. I want to thank you for sharing this part of your life with me. Oh, well, thank you and for asking, you, you Janet. Will, you will be my pen pal forever until we can oh, finally get together again. Oh, I miss seeing you. You've got to come back down. And I know David's moving back up by you. I know. I so, know. Um, is that, that's going to be sad for you. Well, you can't see him anyway. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, but I see him the most out of everybody right now. I see, I see him the most. I see everybody else when I see them on Zoom. Are you seeing anybody in person? David. Oh, so you do something. Because he stays home and I stay home. Right. And we're not, neither one of us is like cavorting outside so much. We have our groceries delivered, Me too. you know, and I only go out for necessity. Oh, but so yeah. when you see each other, it's not in person, like at one of your front porches or the I carry yeah, no it is we've walked we've walked oh, okay that's right. we've walked. I walk in the gutter I give him the sidewalk because <laughs> I feel like there's more separate I can get away from people more oh, we've all been we've all become <laughs> gutter snipes I know so that's what I was asking I carry two little tiny foldable stools in my car uh-huh so I can go to a friend and I just set up shop on the sidewalk yeah, oh, he's, he's okay. done more of that than me. It's like, I, I ran, I haven't seen my nephew, except I did deliver him some chopped liver for the holiday. Um, but that I didn't make, but this great restaurant, the next time you're here, you have to go to, to, with us to Akasha. Okay. Fabulous organic food. She used to cook for Michael Jackson. She cooked for my sister. And then a Where friend of mine, she, uh, she's in Culver City. A friend of mine took me to Rizzi, you're going to love this food. This is several years ago. And when he pulled up, I said, Akasha, could it possibly be Akasha, Akasha? And it was. Well, okay. So it's a, it's a whenever we can do it. I don't yeah. know when that'll be, but thank you. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad that we've become friends in real life. Me too. Me on the too. magic little machine here. <laughs> so, you know, if there's anything else you want to talk about and share. I just, you know, I just hope that we can bring this country together. In love, in light, in hope, in faith, in charity, in empathy. Do you have a different feel now when you go out on this? I mean, I walked out on the street on, um, you know, when it was announced that, and the skies were extra blue. People were. People were in the streets pounding. I mean, I, I was, was jumping for joy. There was an acrimony that was missing. Yeah. 
I hope it stays that way. I mean, you know, I have a couple well, of- Well, we just have, there's more people that we have to, you know, and somebody said, I, I heard on the news the other day, which was hopeful, that uh, one of the newscasters said that she was in the streets and she was talking to Trump, so a few Trump voters. And they said, you know, they voted for Trump, but they said after listening to Joe's speech that night, uh, that yes, they're tired of the chaos. I'm gonna cry. They're tired. Okay. And maybe he'll be, he'll bring us together. Maybe because because be I have a couple. I have a couple of friends who voted for Trump. We don't yeah. talk about it. I don't yeah. ask them and I don't want to hold her. But um, they they weren't angry. They weren't, I, I think, I hope there's a lot of this feeling like you yeah. vote one way, you vote another, one person tries, then you somebody, know. yeah. You know, the terrible thing is all of the chaos and the hatred and separation created. Why, why you would do that? Because why? people are, because they're frightened. That's why they you do know. it. But no, but when one man instigates it. But but I'm saying that people are frightened. Yeah. It's gonna happen in their life. And, you know? and yeah, it's it's just you come from love. You come, we're all God's children. We're all children of the universe. We have the same blood. We may look different because we have different ancestry, but yeah. we're all God's children. And That's we have to come to grips with that. And nobody is less than the next person. You may be talented in different arenas. You may have not hit your mark yet, but you need to be given the opportunity to do so. Everybody deserves that chance. And everybody deserves to be respected when and, and let to go their way to, to be able to be successful and not denied the opportunity. This is a perfect goodbye, darling. <laughs> that is a perfect way to to finish a conversation with that. With God love you. God love everybody in the world. Mwah, I love us all together. Mwah. You're so good for the world. Okay, I'll talk to you later. And okay. for now, Janet Gallen saying goodbye from Love Letters. And I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna send you a magic wand. Oh, great. They're very Is that good. A quartz on the end? Is that a quartz? No, it's a big diamond. Oh my God. Well, it's a crystal for bringing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a quartz crystal. Yes. Do you want it in pink or blue? Pink, honey. That's my color. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Talk to you all later. <laughs> Goodbye, darling. <laughs> <laughs>